welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Hallelujah. Can I hear hallelujah from you? A big shout of hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how we start in India. Hallelujah. So, let's turn to our Bibles, to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. If you don't, uh, if you don't mind, I will read from, I hope that you have on the uh, overhead uh, monitor. Uh, Mark, chapter 5, verses uh, 1 to then they came to the other side of the sea to the country of Gadarenes, and when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him, and always night and day he was in the, in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus far, from far afar, he ran and worshipped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you? Jesus, Son of the Most High God, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion. For we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. See, the Bible says after the discourse that Jesus had a very tiry day. He had an exhausting day. Multitudes gathered and he was praying for the multitudes, preaching them and teaching them and laying hands on them and casting out the demons. And all of a sudden, Bible says that he separates from them. And he makes his disciples to sit into the boat and go across to the other side of the sea. See, in this passage, what I want to bring forth, what I would draw the attention is, there are three voices that we need to recognize. There are three voices that Jesus was very familiar with. He used to recognize these three voices. And it's very important for us, even as a pastor, even if you're a leader, or, or if you, even if you're a husband, if you're a wife, if you're a father, or if you're a mother, if you're a businessman in the marketplace, whatever. There are the three voices which will make our life so better, so Christ-like, and so, uh, you know, uh, uh, the overcoming life. If you recognize these three voices throughout the life, in whichever area it is. Now, Jesus recognized these voices. The first voice is from the Holy Spirit, the voice from God. 
See, he was busy in the ministry. He was busy teaching and preaching. He was exhausted. He was tired. And if you see the pattern of Jesus, that Jesus, uh, village after village, town after town, is to travel from one village to one town, preaching and teaching and healing and laying hands on the people, casting out the demons. But here, if you see that Jesus, after the discourse, he didn't go to another village. He didn't go to other town. He compelled his, one of the translations says that he compelled his disciple to sit in the boat. That means the disciple didn't want it to go because they were so much taken up with the ministry on this side. They have a huge response. They had a huge feedback, multitude coming and gathering, and they were been getting healed. They would be heard, and there was such a wonderful time. They didn't want it to go on the other side. They don't know the other side, the, what province it is, whether we could have some soul, whether we could have some meeting, whether we could have some people over there. They didn't, knew, they didn't want it to go, but Jesus heard the voice from the heaven. Jesus heard the voice, the clear voice from God that you need to go on to the other side. He just packed up the whole entire ministry. He didn't go, he didn't go to the other mass meeting. He just, he just asked his disciple. He was very sure, he was definite that he pointed out the direction towards the gatherings and he said that put the boat into the sea and let's cross over onto the other side because he felt there was an urgency. There was an immediate call. There was a desperate need to go on the other side. That's the voice of God. That's the, that's, the, that's the word of God. That's the first thing that we as a Christians, we as the children of God, we as the men of God, we as the pastors, leaders, teachers, we, that's the first thing that we need to understand and we need to, we need to develop this thing in, in our heart, in our mind, is to hear the voice of God. It's not only one day. It's not only, it's not only listening God today and just like, you know, going back and having our own life. It's every day. That's the, that's, that's the way that Jesus has lived. It's not only one day that listening. It's, it's not only listening. It's not only hearing. Bible says the faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verses 17. It's hearing and hearing. It's not only hearing. There may be the times that we have heard from God. There may be a times that we have we received the word of God. There may be, be a times that we have we, we, we receive the very rhema word from God. But we have to go afar from that. We have to move more than, we need more than that. Not only listening, but doing the word. Doing the word. Bible says that, you know, you know not, only, not only be the listener of the word, but the doer of the word. The listener of the word, they, are, they deceive themselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That Jesus... Jesus lived, this, this was the lifestyle of Jesus. He lived a life constantly listening to God. Not only listening, but doing, practicing it. And do you know that Jesus never preached a sermon that he didn't practice? He never preached a sermon. And I learned from Jesus never to preach a sermon that I didn't practice on my own life. Hallelujah. And, and, and the first thing what I want to, uh, what I want to bring forth, what I, want, uh, what I want to understand is to, to hear the word of God, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's not only hearing, but doing. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. When you hear the word of God, the, hear the word of God always separates you. It separates you. Just remember, just, just, think about, just think about the creation of this world in the very first page of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. That every word that comes out from the mouth of God, it brought separation. The God has to separate, that God has to separate the night from the day. He has to separate the sky from the earth. He has to separate the water from the land. There brought a separation. The word of God always will bring separation. If you hear the word of God, if you listen to the word of God, and if you choose to do the word of God, it will always demand you to separate. Separate you from something that God doesn't want you. And God will separate everything that he has not imparted, he has not implanted in you. And that's how on the sixth day you see that God says that it is beautiful. How the beauty comes is through the separation. Amen. Hallelujah. He heard the voice of God and, 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 and he obeyed the voice of God. He obeyed. And that's, that's, that's how Jesus lived the entire life. That's how Jesus lived his entire, his entire uh, life on the face of this earth. If you see the ministry of Jesus, every day constantly hearing the voice of God. He, has, he used to separate himself from the great multitude. There are many instances in the Bible where it says that they wanted to make Jesus as a king. They wanted to be their king, but he separated himself. Always if you see in the Bible, that, Je that Bible says that Jesus separated. He is to isolate himself. He is to go up into the mountain somewhere. And he is to cry unto the Lord. He is to spend time with the Lord. That's called intimacy. That's the intimate relationship with God. That's the place where God is to speak to him. God is to put a word in him. God is to show him what kind of people are going to come in your ministry. Which village you have to go. Which town you have to go. And, and, and today in, we are living in the time where we hear the word of God. We have been bombarded by the word of God. We are living in the most advanced technological time, electronical media. And we hear, we have hundreds and thousands of messages coming. Sermon after sermon. We hear so much. It never happened in the history of mankind. We hear the messages. There is an ocean of messages. There is a flood of messages everywhere. In the internet, in the phone, in, in, in every social media if you see. It doesn't, that doesn't mean that we didn't hear the word of God. We are hearing the word of God. We are hearing more than enough. But look at the Status, look at the condition of the Christian community, churches today. What benefited it? All those, what's lacking is doing the word of God. Doing the word of God. The whole Christian, the whole Christian community, if you see, they, 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 they look at Jesus and, and, and they admire Jesus only the three and a half years of Jesus' ministry and Jesus' life. And they entirely miss, they ignore, and they are not aware, and they don't know the 30 years that Jesus has lived on the face of this earth. The Christian world says that it's a hidden life of Jesus. Because it's not, it's not mentioned in the Bible. No one knows what kind of life that Jesus lived all those 30 years. We all, we all are inspired, and we all, are been, we, we all admire 
those three and a half years of Jesus' life, with all that spectacular uh, uh, ministry that Jesus has done, his preaching and his teaching and his outstanding miracles, casting out demons, raising the dead. We all want to be like Jesus. But what Jesus? Which Jesus? All that th three and a half years of Jesus. But we forget the huge span of 30 years of Jesus that he lived on the face of this earth. What impact he brought. What, what he achieved. He achieved the approval from God. It was God who said on the day of his baptism on the river of Jordan when Jesus, was, Jesus went into water and when he came up of that water, the voice from the heaven came and he said that this is my beloved son and I am well pleased with him. I am well pleased with him. What pleased God? What pleased God? Jesus didn't, didn't do any ministry. He didn't even start his ministry. He didn't pray for anyone. He didn't have any outstanding uh, miracles, any mass meeting or crusade. It was a simple and a humble life that he lived in his small village. Day to day, every day, just pleasing God. Just looking unto his face, just waiting upon God, listening to his voice. And, 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 and you know, the people say that, you know, we don't know anything about Jesus. How, which, what kind of life that Jesus lived all these 30 years. I would, I, would like to, I would like to give you one scripture which is enough for us to understand and to realize and to know that what kind of life Jesus lived all these 30 years to please God. It's not silent. Bible is not silent. There is, there, there is a word that should be enough for us, for we Christians to understand, to know that what kind of life Jesus lived. It's in Romans chapter 15, verses 3. If, if, if you have your Bibles, you can turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 15, verses 3. It says, for even Christ did not please himself. Christ did not please himself. If you hear the voice of God, if you hear the word of God, you have to deny yourself. You have to put all your desires. He, he, he did not please himself. Not only for one day. For every day of his life, every morning, every evening, his focus was to hear God and to please God in every area of his life. Because he loved God so much that he didn't want to hurt God. He didn't want to just bring any, any disgrace to him. He didn't want to displease him. And to do that, he has to deny himself. He has to deny himself. And that's the life that Jesus lived, a constant denial of his self, a constant denial of his pleasures, a constant denial of his fleshly desires. He has put all his pleasures and all his desires unto the cross. It was not Jesus who carried the cross at the age of 33. It was from day one he that carried the cross and, 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 and denied himself and put all his desires on the cross. When Jesus broke the bread, he said that this is the bread which has been broken. It's not which is going to break, which be broken on the cross. It's already been broken. 
It's already been broken in the 30 years in that village as a carpenter dealing with the people, with his mother, with his father, with his, uh, with his neighborhood. He already has denied himself. Hallelujah. And that's what the life Jesus lived. That's what, when you hear the word of God, when you, when you have that intimacy, when you, when you spend time with God. You know, sometimes we are so much caught up in the ministry that we don't have even, spend, we don't have even time to spend time with the Lord. We don't have even time to just wait upon the Lord. But Bible said that my sheep, they will go in and out and they will find the green pastures. They'll come in and they will go out. Hallelujah. They'll come in first and then they will go out. And then they will find the green pasture. Coming in is the, is, is the, is the, the coming in, it means coming in the presence of God. Spending time with God. Hallelujah. And then go out. And when we go out for the ministry, for the evangelism, on the streets, preaching and teaching and, and distributing tracts, you will find pasture, you will find the blessing, you will find the peace, you will find the joy. Hallelujah. Jesus has to compel his disciples and to make them to sit into the boat. And, 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 and he asked the disciples to put the boat into the shoreline of gatherings because he was very definite that God wanted him to go to the other side of the, of the ocean. Hallelujah. That's the very first thing that, 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 that Jesus was very familiar with. He was familiar with the voice of the Lord, the voice of God, hearing from God, listening from God doing God's will. That's why, that's how Jesus could say in John chapter 6 verses 38 that I have come to do His will, not my will. I have come to do His will. You know, the best example I give wherever I, wherever I go, the best example I give is the example from, from Martha and Mary. You know, when Jesus came in Bethany and when Jesus, always very often Jesus is to visit these two sisters and when Jesus went to, this, went to their homes and what happened, Martha ran into the, into, into the kitchen and she was so busy cooking. There is nothing wrong in cooking. There's nothing wrong because Jesus needs food, disciples need food, we need hospitality, we need someone to, to, to look after. There's nothing wrong. But you see that, that, that Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha was busy cooking and cooking. And, 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 and the Bible said that she comes out with, she was being troubled in the spirit. And she came out and she said, Jesus, that my sister is sitting idle on your feet. Can't you ask her to go and help me out? Jesus said that, Martha, Martha, you are worried of many things. Your sister has chosen the best place. Your sister has chosen the best place. You know what is the best place? Sitting unto the feet of Jesus is the best place that you could ever choose. And no one can take from you. No powers of this world. Nothing, nothing can take that place, that best place that you have chosen. Hearing the voice of God. Listening to God. Hallelujah. And the second, second voice that Jesus heard is the voice of that man. 
one soul, one man, across the ocean. Mark chapter 5, verses 2. It says that this man, he had a family, he had friends, and, and, and his, his, the members of his family were so, were so tired that they have to bring him all the way and they have to leave him alone in, in the tombs, in gathering. In the tombs, the mountains. You know, sometimes it's very hard to look onto the other side because we are so much focused and we so much emphasize among the four walls of the church. But Jesus came to save the one which is lost. He left the 99 and he went searching for the one which was lost. And we as the churches, we as the leader, we as the pastors, we emphasize so much on that 99. There's nothing wrong. We need, we, it may be the part of discipleship. It may, be, it may be the part of consolidation. It may be the part of training, equipping. But do you know that Jesus left that 99 and went after that one which was lost. And that one which, was, which is lost is always on the other side. It's always outside the church. It's always on the other side of the street. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's on the other side of the road. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Maybe it's on the other side of the ocean. I'm so glad to hear of senior pastor Bob to hear about the mission trip to India. Uh, how in 1965, even I was not born, even I was not been born in the womb, that they were the part of India. They used to come to India. They have a heart for India. Someone, you know, choose to go on the other side. Someone, I'm so glad, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so honored to all those missionaries from the West who have come to India, preaching and teaching and, 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 and sacrificing their life, giving up their lives, their comforts. Always, you know, there is a voice that that there's a desperate need on the other side. And Jesus went looking after that, that one man. You know, we don't know that when, when God wants us sometimes, in a long time back when I was a new Christian, when I was a young believer, very passionate for God, on fire, you know, God, one, one day God showed me a dream and God showed me one person in my dream. I never knew that person. I never saw that person before. He was a Hindu monk. He used to, he, I, I, very clearly I saw a, a, a big dot on his forehead and he was wearing the saffron uh, dress and he was a Hindu monk. He was a Hindu religious uh, a monk in the temple and God showed me this man and God asked me that you need to go to this man and you need to share the love of God to him 
And I never knew this man. I never, I, I, I never knew that where, uh, where I'm going to find this my man. And, and, and I was praying to God next morning that, oh Lord, where you want me to go? Where you want me to search this man? And God showed me uh, a place. It's very, it was a very remote place. It was my native place, actually. It was, it was far, far away. 1,200 kilometers away from Mumbai. 1,200 kilometers away from Mumbai. And in those days, we didn't have money to fly. We, we used to take a train, and they used to travel in the train for two nights and two days traveling in the train and just to go and see this man. I never, I didn't have a clue. I didn't believe, I, I, I didn't have any, 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 any hope that I'm going to meet this man. I don't know. In the train when I was sitting and I was praying, I didn't know that where I'm going. I even didn't knew that, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to see this man. By faith, I took a step and I went. And, and, and that night, I, I, I got down at the railway station and I went in my uncle's house. And early morning when I was brushing my teeth outside, because we have a bathroom outside, you know, in the, in the village. And I, I was just brushing my teeth and uh, I, I couldn't believe that the same man that God has showed me in the dream, the same man with that, that dot on his forehead, he was just walking on the opposite direction and he was coming towards our house. I just ran towards that man. And he had, a, he had a bag on his shoulder. And he, and he had a leaflet. He was distributing the leaflet. He was a Hindu monk. And he has built a temple. He has built his own temple. And, and he was distributing these invitation cards to all the villagers. The next day he wanted all the villagers to come for the inauguration. And he came with this invitation. And he just, I just came. I just ran. I just met him and I said... He just gave me that leaflet. I took the leaflet. I read it, accepted it, and put it in my pocket. And I said, that, can we have a talk? He said, yes, of course. And I took him inside. And, we, and, and, and I started sharing the love of God to him. And he was stunned. And he was just looking at my face. And he, 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 he responded to that message. And he was in a... You don't you can't believe for three hours we spoke uninterruptedly three hours we spoke and he didn't he didn't he didn't had any problem he was just sitting and listening and after three hours he started crying and sobbing and tears came out from his eyes and he said that yes this is what I was battling from last one year. I know, I knew that Jesus is the Lord. I knew that Jesus is the Son of God. I knew that Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. But I didn't met anyone that who can tell me. I knew that I have read many other religious books. I even have read Bible and knew that Jesus is the only way to heaven. But this is the first time that I have met you and I knew that Jesus can heal because one, once upon a time when my daughter was been sick and I was praying to many other gods and nothing happened and some, something, something came in my mind and I started taking the name of Jesus. I didn't know how to pray but I only asked him, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I just asked that Jesus, if you are a true and a living God, you just heal my daughter and his daughter was been healed. His daughter got healed. Hallelujah. 
He had a faith. And that day after that conversation, that day he just knelt. He just knelt and he raised up his arms and he accepted Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of his life. We don't know one man. You know, God can take us miles and miles for that one soul. Church, are we open to listen, to hear that the voice of that one man? Are we, are we willing to go for that one man? Hallelujah. It's always, always that one man that God wants you to go after that one soul. There's nothing wrong with 99. You know, Jesus left that 99. Why Jesus left that 99? Because if you read the, if you read the scripture in Luke chapter 15 verse 7, Bible says that 99 were just. They're saved. Those 99 sheep were been saved. They didn't need salvation. They already been saved. They are just 99. Hallelujah. In the church, people are being saved. We, we, we have come across to the knowledge of salvation. It's outside of the church compound. It's outside of the church wall where there is a desperate need. There's a cry of, of, of a man, of a woman, of, a, of, of the society. There is a desperate need. There's, there's a spirit. The demonic, the demonic spirit which is tormenting people and they are crying day and night and could the church can hear that voice and go after that one soul. I appreciate and honor all the missionaries that who, who have put all those efforts and sacrificially they have come all the way to India and they go to different parts of the, of, of the nation. Just because, you know, that what moved Jesus from town to town, from village to village. It's the compassion for those people. The Bible said when he used to look at the multitude, when he used to see the multitude, his heart was full with compassion. What made him to go from town to town, village, is the compassion for people. But when he used to look at the people, when he used to look at the soul, he used to look at them like a wanderers. They're wandering without the, 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 the sheep, without the shepherd. They, they, when, when Jesus is to look at the soul, he is to look at, look at them like uh, he has a desperate need. He is to look at the multitude, he is to look at the crowd, that someone has been sick and someone has been, uh, he, he, been, been possessed by demons and someone has been leopard. He needs a cleansing, he needs a touch, he needs a, he needs a touch of love and comfort upon him. Hallelujah. What makes you to move? What makes me to move? To go from town to town, village to village. All these years that I have experienced, I have come across to is the compassion for one soul. Church, how we look at that soul? In what manner we look at the soul? You know, Jesus gave a parable of a, of a good Samaritan. You know, Jesus gave a parable of a good Samaritan. The good Samaritan who, was, who, who, who went from Jerusalem, uh, he was going down to Jericho. And he has fell, uh, he has fell with a uh, with number of people. He, the first he has fell in the hands of thieves and robbers. You know, the thieves and robbers, 
when they look at that man, in what manner they have looked at that man? In what way, in which sense they have looked at that man? They looked at that man to be still and to be robbed and to be stripped away and to, and, and, and to, and to, and to get whatever he has. That's the way of, that's, that, that, that's how they have, they, they, they have the, uh, the way of their looking, how they looked at that man. That he has something and I need to steal from him. That's the principle of this world, of this society. Whatever is yours is mine and I will steal it. I will rob it. Even if I have to strip you, even if I have to kill you, even if I have to throw you unconsciously. Whatever is yours is mine. That's the that's mindset of the, of the society, of the people outside the church. We as a Christians, how we look at people? Are we looking at people, as, as the souls, as, as, as a material gain or as an asset? That man was being thrown on the side of the street and there comes the scribe, there comes a Levite and there comes a, the priest. They looked at him from far and they just passed away from there. They didn't go even further, they didn't go even closer to him. In what way they looked at that man? They looked at that man like a problem to be avoided. It's a problem. It's a problem to be avoided. Let's avoid. Let's neglect. Let's, let's take our way. Let's go. Let's mind our own business. That's the way how we Christians live. When we, when we see the desperate need of this world, when we see the cry of the human being on the other side, we, 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 we neglect and we overlook at those cry. And we, 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 when, when we see the people coming in the church with problems, with difficulties, with, with a defeated life, we think that it's a problem. It's a problem to address. It's a problem to interact. It's a problem to counsel. Let's avoid it. But the good Samaritan, when he saw that man, he saw that man in a way that he needs help. He needed a help. He needs something that which I have, I can give him. The second category of people, they have a mindset, they had a principle that what is mine is mine and I will save it. I will not allow anyone to touch it. I'll save it for me and my family and for my colleagues. I'll save it. But the good Samaritan has a mindset that what is mine is yours and I will give you freely. He looked at that man to be helped, to be taken care. He looked at that man. He need, us, he need, he need uh, attention. He need, uh, he need my help. And he went all the way helping that man. Hallelujah. That's the second voice that we need. We always need to keep ourselves open. We don't know what God could show us in the which part of the society God could show us in which, in which direction God could lead us to just go and save that one soul, that one man. And the third voice is the voice is discerning the voice of the enemy. Discerning. Now Jesus always used to identify the type of Demons, you know, in verse, in in Mark chapter five, verses eight, 
When he looked at that man, he said that come out of that man, you unclean spirit. It's so important to discern the wiles of the enemy. Not necessarily that everyone is demon-possessed. What we think about demon-possession is someone who is, who is possessed and who is rolling on the floor and who, has, who, who, who is screaming and yelling. No. There are different levels of demonic spirits working in the spiritual realm. And we as a Christians, God has given us understanding as a discernment, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we especially, the people in the, living in the last days, do you know what we need? We always seek the gift of healing and gift of knowledge, gift of prophecy, gift of, gift of this, but we neglect the most important gift that the people in this last days need, desperately need, that's the gift of discernment. We totally neglect the gift of discernment. And those who are living in the last days, Jesus again and again, he has warned that you will be deceived. The spirit of deception. Deception will be hovering like anything on the face of this earth. And we could see the deception working today in the churches, among the Christian community, among the Christendom. We have been deceived again and again and again and again because we don't recognize, we, don't, we can't discern the spirits. Bible says, do not believe in every spirit. Do not believe in every spirit. And Jesus could look at a man and he could identify the spirit. It's not that every spirit is the same. If you read in Mark chapter 9, verses 25, Jesus looked at that boy who has was, who was been tormented by the Spirit, and Jesus looked at that boy and said, you deaf and mute spirit, call of him. There are different kind of spirits that, that, that possess the man, the human being, the mankind. And we, as the children of God, God has given us enough wisdom to recognize and to identify and to discern the Spirit. In the Garden of Eden, it was not only one voice which was, which was been spoken. It was not only the voice of God. It was, there was some other voice. There was another voice. And Adam and Eve knew that voice is not from God. They knew that it's not the, this voice is not the voice of God. They knew. But still they choose to accept that voice. Still they choose to accept it and to believe it and to have it. And they accepted it. And you know, you know the outcome, you know the consequence, you know the result, the pathetic conditions, what the society has gone through. They knew it is not from God. And that's the mistake, that's the error, and that's what we Christians, we know that it's not from God. It's not from the Bible, it's not scriptural. But still we choose to have it. Maybe it's from the media, maybe it's from the news, maybe it's from our colleague, maybe it's from our counselor. We choose to have it. We know that it's not from the voice of God. The demons, 
there are uh, there is a the, the, the spiritual in the spiritual realm you know that jesus when he used to look at the demon of course the demons they 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 they, they knew every demon has a knowledge of revelation chapter 20 they knew that the son of man will come one day maybe he could come before time maybe any time he could come and he could destroy us that's why the demon this man who was possessed by demons he started crying he said that son of man what do you have with me what do you have with us just leave us alone don't destroy us don't don't send us away now it it was a kind of bargaining that the enemy was trying to do he was trying to bargain with jesus that like you know don't send us away don't destroy us we will leave this man but send us away somewhere else we want to leave we don't want to go out of this region that jesus never ever bargained and we as a christians we never ever should bargain with the truth never ever compromise with the truth at demons the, the first the first sign that jesus said this is the sign of my disciple in mark chapter 16 that they will cast out the demons they'll cast out the demons as a disciple of jesus the very first authority that jesus has given us is to cast out the demons and the powers of demons we need to identify we need to recognize we need to know our authority because jesus has given all the authority to the church hallelujah hallelujah yes. he has given us the authority and if you believe that i am the child of god if you believe that i am the disciple of jesus you have an authority to take control upon every demonic forces the unclean spirit this is a kind of a spirit that which is hovering in our society in these days the unclean spirit and there is no any spirit that jesus couldn't cast there is no any problem that jesus couldn't solve there is no any sickness that jesus couldn't heal there's no any crisis that jesus couldn't there is no any problem that jesus could control everything is under his control hallelujah when you obey the word of god when you hear the word of god and we choose to obey the word of god do you know what happens it will cost you it demands separation it demands isolation it demands to separate you hallelujah and jesus got separated and never ever think that when you hear the word of god and when you listen to the voice of god and everything will be okay everything will be fine no it wasn't fine jesus took the boat and he took the disciples and he sailed across the 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 ocean and bible says immediately there was a storm there was a storm you may think that you know i'm 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 doing god's will i'm walking in god's will and i'm i have choose to do god's god's will and i'm listening to god's voice and why the storms but remember you know what jesus was doing in the midst of the storm he was fast asleep 
was fast asleep. Yes, there was a storm. But he was fast asleep. When we know that we are doing God's will, when we know that God is in control, I'm listening to God. And when we know that, that I'm walking in that direction to please God, always there will be storms in your life. Always there will be a problem. Always there will be a trouble. Always there will be some hindrance and some obstacle will try to stop you. But I, I, I guarantee you, if you're doing the will of God, if you're walking in a spirit and if, you're, if you obey God, you can have a peaceful night even in the storms. You can have a peaceful night. You can have the most victorious and the most joyful and the most calm and the most, you know, happiest life that Jesus has ever lived on the face of this earth. When you hear the word of God and you choose to obey the word of God, maybe it won't make you rich, maybe it won't make you popular, maybe it won't make you wealthy, but you know, it will make you like Jesus. You will be like Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.